Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 7, Episode 18 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? Uh, Denny, I'm doing great. Um, right. We're going to have to once again revamp <laughs> my uh, my intro. Wait a minute. You're no longer a dog whisperer? Oh, no, I still whisper. Oh, you're no longer a Florida man? No, I'm still that, too. <laughs> it's just a home brewer. Yeah. That's it. I'm, no, I'm getting, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to give away all my homebrew stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants it. Is that right? Nobody wants it. Well, you know what? And I try to move it on Facebook. Like I try to give it, you know, try to sell it there. 50, 75 bucks, whatever I got lying around. Facebook uh, won't let you sell stuff like that. Oh, really? Because it's it's for the manufacture of alcohol. Oh, okay. Okay. But other than that, <laughs> I'm doing absolutely fantastic. And, and uh, your glass is empty. My glass? No, no, no. It's 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 about to be filled. <laughs> it's about to be filled with this revision. Oh, oh, the glitter uh, moon. Green screens. Don't oh, you just love them? Yeah, but yes, the yeah. glitter moon. Yeah, I know that beer well. Yeah, so the Glitter Moon, the uh, it's Glitter Moon with tiny unicorns. It's the uh, Northeast style hazy IPA, and uh, I'm gonna fill my uh, B cups, B cup. shameless plug, with uh, this delicious revision beer from Reno, which I actually drank revision beer last episode. I yeah, yeah, you've been drinking a lot of revision beers. I'm glad I you're think- getting them. Me too. It was the only two that I had in my cooler, but, um, but yeah, so all is good. We've got some revision in the glass. Denny, what about you? How are you doing and what is in your glass this evening? So I'm doing well. And as we hinted in the pre-show, and if you're on Facebook live, you heard some of the pre-show, I mean, very quick pre-show because, uh, now that we're live, I don't want to waste too much time, but, uh, I I've been home today. I took the day off. It's spring break and my daughter came to visit and I thought we would spend we were going to spend the day together, but instead she spent it shopping with my wife. So I was left alone at home uh, to kind of figure out what to do. So what did I do? Myself. I decided to drink. Why not? I was, (laughs) it's a day off. I might as well enjoy. So I I started doing some videos, some quick take videos of beer reviews. Uh, And so I, I did two, two videos and started drinking and uh, had a good time. Uh, hopefully those will get edited and, and within the next couple of weeks, I'll get, get them out. And uh, you guys can find those on our YouTube page and our, uh, our uh, webpage. 
I'll have a link there. But uh, yeah, that's what I was doing. So I kind of uh, was able to raise my blood alcohol content up to about 0 0.07, 0 0.08, you know, right around that. Uh, I messaged Chris saying, hey, I'm going to be feeling good for this show. But then a couple hours goes by and I kind of came back down off of it. I got a good base meal in my gut. And now I'm drinking some local Boise Brewing uh, Hazy IPA. And uh, this is a great hazy i've been out of the as i mentioned in the fermented reality beer cast last episode i'm kind of getting tired of ipas now i say that and i'm drinking two ipas tonight but i just i go to the store and everything i see on the shelves is ipa and although ipas are great there's times i just want to drink something else and not just have a hoppy ipa i want to drink some other varieties so but because we had some company over last night and um, they like IPAs. I, you know, I I picked up a six pack of this, and they brought a six pack of a, the other IPA I'll be drinking, which is from in a uh, Utah brewery, Roosters. It's the Rooster Tail Hazy IPA. So this one, you can see it's actually you can't see through. You can't see my head through this beer, mm -hmm. so it's actually hazy. When I pour the other one later in the show, you'll see that it's called a hazy IPA, but you can probably see me through it. It's not hazy. Why call it a hazy IPA if you, if it's not really hazy? It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, that's that's what's going on. That's where I'm at. Um, I, I really like this uh, Boise Brewing Hazy IPA is is uh, really good. I I enjoy it. Um, it's about seven percent. No, six point three, six point three percent ABV. You know, it's right in there at the at a nice level. And this is the last beer of the six pack. Um, good stuff. It's and who was who was uh who was the other one? The other one's Roosters Brewing out of Ogden, Utah. Ogden, Utah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that one, uh, I'll show the can now in case I forget to. But uh, Rooster Tail Hazy IPA from Roosters Brewing Company in Ogden, Utah. And then the other beer I'll be drinking. I love this beer. Now, I told you I'm getting tired of IPAs all the time. So Melvin does a really good honey blonde ale, and this is called Killer Bees. And uh, every time I see this in the store, I pick up a six-pack because I just love drinking this blonde ale that is refreshing and crisp, clean, easy drinking, doesn't have any hops that are going to, like, you know, make my gut kind of hurt after drinking too many of them. I mean, I drink... I don't know, four or five IPAs last night. And I'm just like, oh gosh, my gut is kind of <laughs> feeling it, right? You know, get that IPA gut. Yeah. So you, you need to change it up. And so I did a, a video with the Pilsner. I did a video with the Russian Imperial Stout, which leads into our topic tonight. And then um, now I'm going to have a couple more IPAs and then finish off with that honey bee or killer bees, uh, honey uh, Blondale. So yeah. Now, now with the uh, the Blondale, any any relation to the Wu Tang Clan? Maybe is that a song from the Wu Tang Clan? I mean, Melvin's Killer pretty pro progressive in uh, in their different things, right? They have a lot of yeah. obscure uh, links to different pop culture stuff. So maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not a big Wu Tang Clan. Wu, Wu Tang. <laughs> what is it? Wu Tang Clan. Wu Tang is forever dead. <laughs> I don't have any shirt with it or anything. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm older than that, I guess. 
I know, but you've you've surprised me in some of the uh, things that you told me you listened to. I, I have no my music, my music background and and taste are varied across. I mean, all kinds of countries. I I even enjoy Indian. Like mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of things that come out of India that are not even in English, right? It's Indian music that I it, they have good rhythm and and it just makes me feel good. Yeah, I listen to stuff, of course, from Ireland, Scotland. I listen to things from, you know, all over the world and I listen to classical. I do have some, you know, some rap bands that I like. There's some country bands and, and groups I like. I like a lot of female artists that, you know, people might see that I listen to whatever and they're like, why do you listen to that? Well, you know what? Everyone, there's a time and a place where I'm in a mood to have something that, that puts me in a different mindset than i than i currently am and and yeah. when i can change up and listen to that it makes me feel good you know so i have a a very vast and and there was a a point back in my youth uh when i was in high school and and shortly after high school where i strictly listened to punk early punk i mean yeah. like underground punk from the college um radio days and i love them and i went to concerts that uh you know, that some of the concerts I was scared, you know, that I was going to get beat up or killed at these concerts because there's some pretty dangerous guys there, but I never did. And I was in the moth mosh pits. I was doing stuff that nobody would have. Yeah, there you go. That's we're, we're getting ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That nobody would expect me, mild mannered Denny to, to get into and, and be into. And, and uh-huh. I, I enjoy all that music. So there's a little more insight into me and, and maybe <clears throat> if I have an opportunity to, uh, you know, give some more, get, put out some more of these music or these videos that talk about music inspired beers. I can find some other bands that you might be surprised that I enjoy. Well, uh, have beer related stuff. It sounds like your musical tastes are uh, very much like mine. A mm-hmm. little bit of everything, yeah. from whether it's rap or country or classical, mm-hmm. or we could we could go all day on music. I yeah. think. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so people are surprised at at uh, what I like. Okay, wow, Chris. Ooh, we got off on a little bit of a tangent, but it's okay because we it's got to be a short show. It's going to be a short show. <laughs> so we had to get some filler in there before we started. But before we get too far deep into the beer talk, I always want to let new listeners to the show know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We want to talk about craft beer. We want to uh, celebrate everything about craft beer and help you guys along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 174, and we're recording on Monday, March 22nd, 2021. And this episode is pretty much going to be focused on the Russian Imperial Stout style and history. And I was caught off guard when I went back and looked through all of our our list of shows that we've never talked about the Russian Imperial Stout. Now, we did do a tasting episode where we talked, where we tasted... um, Old Rasputin, John and I did mm-hmm. early on, early in the, I think it was episode nine, we did a, t- a tasting notes on that. So if you want to go and list, listen to John and I talk about Old Rasputin, which is a North Coast brewing beer, go listen to episode nine and, and you can kind of get filled in on, on a tasting notes there. That same episode, we also talked about cellaring beer, you know, some some good beers that uh, that if you wanted to sell there and save for a couple years, that would be good. And again, Russian Imperial Stouts or Imperial Stouts um, are really good beers to to save and see how they change over time. So uh, when I found out that 
that we've never done a Russian Imperial Stout episode, uh, I had to I had to do it. And so that's why we're doing it. We're going from, you know, a couple shows ago we went for the Pilsner. Now we're going all the way over and talking about the dark beer, light beer, dark beer, wide spectrum, uh, and and the history behind why is it called Russian Imperial Stout? And what's the difference between a Russian Imperial Stout and a regular Imperial Stout? Well, stay tuned, and we will talk about that, as well as some other great beer conversation along the way. Now, before we get started, I just want to let everyone know this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen and William Schlimmer, who are our virtual producers, and Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamasa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Kirk Tabor, who want to buy us a virtual beer. And if you enjoy, yes, cheers to you guys. And if you enjoy the content that we provide, we invite you to support us and the show by either toasting your hosts or buying us a virtual beer or even being a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And if you, we don't have any feedback, I mean, I've had some feedback, but I, and I probably should have prepared, you know, Johan and I have been chatting back and forth and have a great conversation on email. I did, you know, mention his uh, messages last show, but, um, you know, it's been a conversation between the two of us. I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But if you want to go and, and write into the show, you can do that easily by sending us an email at tapsofcraft.gmail.com or if you rather just visit us on social media, you can be, we can be found on Twitter and Instagram at tap to craft. Just leave your comments there and we can add them to the show. And of course, Chris wants to interact with you on our Facebook page. And if you are on our Facebook page right now, watching us live, then you are already interacting with us. Go mm -hmm. ahead and uh, write some comments and some questions that you want us to answer as you're watching us live. Uh, and Chris, of course, if we're not live, he loves to interact with you. And I do too when I'm on Facebook. But again, I'm not very good at Facebook. Uh, but but hey, you can reach us there or on our website if you want to find the content, uh, tapscraft.com. Just go visit us there. Chris, Jeff any questions? Seiler. Jeff yeah. Seiler said all music is good music. There you go. There you yeah. go. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but I want to know what everybody's drinking tonight. And don't forget to check in the Untapped because we're going to be reading those here shortly right now oh now yeah. yeah so if you guys yeah, haven't checked yeah, in yeah. well you better get them in now yeah, yeah so let's continue the conversation because it's now time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to untapped so let's see what untapped does have because i'm sure we're going to go from this really huge gap of four or five hours ago to 24 hours ago. no we're not eight hours ago uh kevin page was over at ellipsis that's a cool place to go hmm um let's see all right here we go and i'm gonna read this one it was a little further <laughs> than our usual 24-hour time period just a just a scorch mm -hmm. as uh megan likes to say um only because i haven't read this name in a long time oh buck buchanan oh buck yeah um i messaged him the other day actually he had uh some pictures pop up on uh, instagram of some uh classy beer ladies checking into core four brewing and uh texted him a screenshot of that but anyway buck is drinking a drop shot stout i'm so glad i didn't stumble over <laughs> words. 
<laughs> by Lively Brewworks. And he said, solid beer, nice and creamy. Four and a half caps for that beer. Um, Kevin? I, you know what, Kevin? Just because you're drinking this beer, you didn't put any uh, rating, but you wrote quite smooth and easy to drink. Enjoyed this. Uh, the best of three yesterday. He's at Ellipsis Brewing, which is just uh, north of the Orlando airport. Mm. And he's drinking a BAMF. B-A-M-F. What's that stand for? Badass motherfucker. <laughs> <clears throat> so just so okay, you're aware. There you go. I, there um, you go. <laughs> so no, no ratings on that one, but I wanted to read it just because of the name. And <laughs> of course, he had to check into an Arcane Ale. No, is it Arcane? Yeah, Arcane Ale Works. And it's Arcane, Arcane or Burial. Class. Yeah, it's yep. too. Uh, he's drinking the Love Goliath uh, by Arcane Ale Works. Super solid and smooth. Four quarters, four and a quarter caps for that beer. He's been a busy guy. Mm. Um, even So even better. So we talked about it was either uh, Arcane or Burial. burial well, yeah. he's at Ellipsis drinking a burial beer <laughs> that guy you can't get enough uh, of that. well i think uh i've been correct me if i'm wrong kevin you are having those shipped from oh sorry bill we said we are live i think he said i know drink. i've been drinking i've been drinking a couple times as we said that mm. i'm glad somebody's watching <laughs> for us um but yeah he i think he's getting those shipped in from burial having the like mm. mail ordered so um, but he is drinking the, a faint glimmer of hope, notwithstanding. And that's uh, four and a quarter caps on that one as well. I, he, uh... I, I have a quick PSA from Kevin. Go ahead. So uh, Kevin and I have been uh, communicating back on Facebook Messenger, and he bought some B-cups. Mm-hmm. And he was, at first, he was cleaning them, just was like rinsing them out with water and setting them up. And then he decided to go ahead and do some, you know, standard cleaning that he does with his glass glassware uh-huh. and he mixed up a mixture of uh, baking soda and water and something i don't remember the whole thing and he cleaned them with that and what happened is the the porous i guess the porous material of the plastic soaked in like when it dried some of those um water droplets that had maybe some of that stuff was stuck on there Mm-hmm. And it kind of like permanently stained his glass, his B-cup glassware what? with white spots. And he's tried cleaning it and he thinks he may have, you know, ruined them with uh, with those spots. So as a public service announcement, uh, based off of Kevin Page's mistake, don't clean your B-cups with anything besides just putting them in a dishwasher or just some light dish soap, scrub them and set them out to dry. Um, I, I've done both. I've cleaned them by hand and set them out to dry. No issues. I put them in the dishwasher. No issues. In fact, I was worried about putting them in the dishwasher, but after I did it, I was like, you know what? They, they work fine on a top shelf and I don't have any spots. No issues. I just use them in our, our videos, both the stout glass and the Pilsner glass, uh, crystal clear, beautiful, uh, you know, clear glasses. So that the PSA is just just clean them normally, right? Like you put them would, in the dishwasher. Put them in the dishwasher. You'll be They're, fine. And I don't know how many times I read that uh, that that promo for them. Yeah, they're <laughs> dishwasher, dishwasher safe, safe. <laughs> BPA free, recyclable, right? Uh, yeah. Just throw them in the dishwasher, guys. Yeah. I, uh, uh, 
Bill just asked, can you explain what the benefits of those glasses are and where you can find them specifically? We'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. okay. But I'll, I'll pull up some information too while we're doing that. <laughs> I want to get into the rest of these uh, check-ins. Okay. I've got to find some, some more of them. Um, let's see. Because there's a lot of them on there. Uh, Georgiana Taylor is drinking a white walking tree by walking tree brewery. Very delicious. She says just the right amount of hoppy flavor, four and a half caps for that beer. She drank that five hours ago Mm. and walking tree brewery. Come on internet Vero beach, Florida. Oh, Oh, Florida people. That's awesome. Um, let's see next on the list. Uh, Stephen Brown, he's also here in Florida, drinking a Circus of Light by Knotted Root Brewing Company. Now, Knotted Root Brewing Company, I have no idea where that place is either. Nederland, Colorado. Hmm. No idea. Yeah, me either. Uh, he gave that one uh, four and a quarter caps last night of the first weekend of March Madness. You following March Madness at all? I, well, you know what? I, I, I watched two game. I watched the game, a game, um, two days ago with, uh, so I'm an Oregon duck fan and I like watching sure. Oregon duck basketball and football and the Oregon ducks didn't get to play in the first round because the team they played against had COVID, uh, restrictions. So they got a kind of like a buy mm-hmm. and then the team they were going to go against was either going to be, uh, Iowa, which is a good team. Uh, that I was kind of worried about and, and they, and I was playing against Grand Canyon university. So I okay. watched that game on Saturday just to see, you know, how they were playing. And then, so then I watched the Oregon and Iowa game today um, and Oregon kicked the crap out of Iowa. So <laughs> they looked really good. Their offense and defense was playing like, like top, top of their game. So it looks like if they keep that up, they might be a, a, you know, a force to reckon with as they go through. So they made it to the sweet 16. They'll play either um, USC or uh, Kansas. They're USC, Kansas are playing tonight. I think right now, I think they're actually playing right uh, or getting ready to start their game in a few minutes. Okay. Uh, so the winner of that game will play against Oregon next weekend. Uh, so I think either one uh, will be a good challenge uh, for the sweet 16 for for the ducks. So yeah, so I'm, right. I'm falling a little bit, but not okay. too heavy. Yeah. You, so you're following it way more than I yeah, am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's our familiar reality beer cast sports uh, thing. I could be talking That'll about be sports next right now. Monday. Yep. So keep that in mind for uh, when we start talking about it uh, next week. All right. Uh, with Dan and, and Tim and, and Joel, which by the way, Bill, uh, Joel is the owner of B cups. So again, we'll be talking about that a little bit. Anyway, moving on to the untapped check-ins, Florida. Steve is drinking a nothing fancy by new Heights brewing company. He said, this is how you do a cream ale with corn as an adjunct. No, right. uh, no, really? Okay. Look, look, everybody gets their own opinion. <laughs> That's right. a really corny, <laughs> it's a really corny cream ale. Is that the best you got? <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, creamy, even a slight vanilla note too. He gave that one four caps and the uh, can art looks a can. Yeah. Can art looks pretty cool on that. Um, Mike, I'm going to give you a little bit of grief about this one just Mm -hmm. because I see this in the stores all over the place here and I never want to buy it because I'm sure it's just old. 
He's drinking a Hopsecutioner by Terrapin Beer Company. Mm. Uh, Terrapin Beer Company, by the way. We could just go ahead and, you know, take this <laughs> over here. <laughs> Trying to have some wow, fun. what just happened there? You just take, had this, a... take this Terrapin hat. and uh, Look at that know. fancy thing. Yeah, this thing has been in the Gulf of Mexico. I don't know how many times. <laughs> All um, I see is the uh, temple or the uh, palace behind it. It's I know, good. it's hard to see because, again, <laughs> it's green. <laughs> You, you need right a blue screen. It. Let's get a blue screen. Well, it's only, I have a blue one on the other side. <laughs> it's blue on the other side. Anyway, um, Mike is drinking the Hopsecutioner by Terrapin uh, Beer Company. Three and three quarter caps for that beer. And I only read it again just because I see it in the store all the time. And I go, man, that, that's got to taste just like the cardboard box that it was shipped in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What else you got in there, Mike? There's a few things in there. Um, let's see. We'll get this one, the uh, Cotillion by Mm. Slow Pour Brewing Company. Mike's drinking this one. Uh, Four caps for this beer, but no notes to go along with it. Uh, Jeff Seiler, as always, drinking Mm. out of his B-cups, is drinking a Space Lettuce by Monday Night Brewing. Monday Night is in Atlanta. Been to that place. It's pretty cool. Uh, He says it's a delicious double IPA. Piney and tropical. Love this beer name. All I can think about is pigs in space. Pigs in space. (laughs) And he gave it a four and a quarter caps for that beer. uh, That the space lettuce. Nice. Uh, Oh, interestingly enough, Mike Allen drinking a space. Same thing. Monday night brewing. He gave it four caps. Jeff gave it four and a quarter. So. 4.125 collaborative (laughs) rating on that one. Um, Art Warcheck. Uh, Art, your beer should be coming out to you in on Friday or Saturday. So um, Art is drinking a Wookie Jack by Firestone Walker Brewing. Love that beer. That's the black IPA, right? uh, Well, it's just it's I think it's a black IPA, right? Wookie Jack. Uh, I'm going to say we're live on Facebook. Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have it marked as a rye okay so yeah it's a rye black ipa rye ipa oh rye ipa uh um, but it's not a black ipa i thought wookie jack was a black was it's a rye okay black it's a black IPA. rye ipa nice oh yeah i love oh, that beer that's a double for you huh i have yeah because it has rye and it's a black oh, yeah. ipa yeah and uh, i have a bottle somewhere in this mess, <laughs> this mess. i love that beer i love it <laughs> yeah um so for this beer uh yeah he said wook wook forever since i've had one of these four and a quarter caps for that beer and uh and i wish we saw firestone walker in florida arts in ohio i wish we saw they saw it in in ohio um so i, I think they just brought day. it back i don't i think they took wookie jack away and they just brought it back again this year like the black ipa is making a resurgence in 2021 See, 2020 yeah. wasn't so I know. bad. I'm, I'm enjoying that. it so far. <laughs> yeah, go through that nonsense to get your black IPAs. I'm sorry, your Cascadian Dark Ales. Cascadian bad. Dark Ales with rye. <laughs> Bill said, shouldn't that just be a rye PA? Yeah. A rye PA? I, I think it should be. All right, moving on. Tara Carlson is drinking a Chesapeake Wheat American Wheat. Yeah, I said that. Chesapeake Wheat American Wheat by Flying Dog Brewery. Had to go into the office today, Oh, so I, I have rewarded myself. The, the beer makes me sing the song, 
beer that tastes like beer mm. and buying a six pack contributes to oyster recovery in the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> there I, you go. Yeah. I can't fault you for that. Tara. She gave it four and a quarter caps for this beer is, is Jim drinking the same thing? Jim Kudzall's drink. Oh no. Jim Kudzall's drinking a Spatzel pills by Alesmith brewing company. The can says quote, clean, crisp and refreshing. The can knows what it's talking about. Oh, just the thing after a long day of not working. The only downside <laughs> is that it doesn't stand up well to hot and spicy chicharrones. So you guys are having some uh, pork rinds, huh? All right. Uh, four caps for that beer. He tagged you and I in that. Oh, I haven't. Looking. I haven't been on a tap to, today. I know we're 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 just slacking. I'm sorry. I, well, I'll be on untapped in a minute when I. Well, not a minute, but a little bit when I talk about my new and noteworthy. Um, I love this beer name too. Eric Gronley. I saw you check into this right, right after I checked into one of my beers today, Eric Gronley's drinking a garage karate by Omni brewing company. Um, yeah. Would you go, go, go do karate in the garage? Uh, the bright yellow, hazy color sweetness up front with Melanie flavors, Melanie, like oh, melons. Yeah. Not yeah, Melanie yeah no, name. no, I got you. <laughs> did we, did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yeah. Four and a quarter caps for this beer. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, I'm not reading what I checked into. And uh, let's see who else. We got to continue the check-in, the, uh, the check-in streak for the, the 947th time in a row. Uh, Chad Lamasa is drinking an acai Annapolis boat by forward brewing uh second of three crowlers i picked up from the brewery on saturday this is a great kolsch you got me there with a subtle action flavor from the puree four and a half caps for that beer hmm acai annapolis boat i was born in annapolis uh oh. For those of you playing along at home, let's see bingo. next. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> next on the list, a beer from Russian River Brewing. Oh, Robert, or as Chew we like to call him, Chew Your Beer. He's drinking a Mind Circus by Russian River Brewing. Four and what looks like three quarter caps for this beer. Great solution for the Monday blues. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree. Most beers will do that for you. Mike Allen is drinking an O'Farrell's Irish Red by Still Fire Brewing. He's a great mouthfeel, perfect amount of sweetness, really well done. Four and a half caps for that one. And oh, Avery Brewing. Oh, which one? Which beer? Uncle Jacob's Stout from 2016. Hmm. Jeff Seiler is checking into this beer. Wow delicious bourbon barrel stout amazing flavors chocolate coffee dark fruits and boozy lovely stuff <laughs> the biggest beer i've ever had at 17.1 percent. that's a big beer four and a half caps for that beer now before we move on i must refresh and that's what everybody's drinking on untapped all right yeah eight it was 18 percent uh, 17.1 mm-hmm. all right so there's bigger i mean I, jeff you might have had bigger if you've had dogfish heads uh worldwide stout isn't that like that's about 18 it's 18 percent. i think it's like yeah. a huge one that and then i've had some ice beers in israel that had that were raised up pretty high with that when they yeah. they did a triple 
icing of the beer. And basically it's just all alcohol. Um, that's pretty high, but I think still, um, the Samuel Adams Utopias is probably the strongest beer. Yeah, it was, it was literally, uh, but it was really good, but it was like drinking, you know, a, a distilled spirit. Um, that's probably the highest alcohol beer I've had is that one. And it's really good. Yeah. All right. So I want to jump on this uh, whole B cups thing okay. real quick. Yeah. Um, so, so Bill, and for those of you that haven't heard this, Bill McElwain, who we're bouncing back and forth with, I went to culinary school with him in Pittsburgh and now he lives here in Florida, which is great. Um, but Hey, so I want to talk about these B cups a little bit. First off, they used to be a sponsor of our show. So, you know, people had the chance to win them, but <laughs> The B cups, they have four different designs. They have an IPA, they have a stout, they have a funk glass, and then they have like a lager or a pilsner glass. Yep. So the tough part is, is that Bill, I got you, man. So he has a limited vision. So this is going to be tough to talk about as far as why these cups are so beneficial. So these IPA cups that I'm drinking out of, they're, they're curved um, to have this, well, what their what their what their graphics say is that the top is tapered to concentrate aromas, mm-hmm. but then the construction of the actual glass will agitate the the beer and um, activate that carbonation in there. Mm-hmm. And then some of the other reasons that it's built the way that it is is that it's just easy to hold, according to true. That. Yeah, um, it and definitely I agree. won't slip out of your hand. Yeah, this is it's totally easy to hold. And if you guys want to go check out some of the uh, some of the designs, you can find them. Uh, just let's see if I can remember remember what this says. Bcups.net. Bcups.net. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can totally find them on bcups.net, but you can find them on Amazon mm-hmm. also in two packs and four packs and mix packs. Um, you can check out Fermented Reality, which is our other podcast that we do every other Monday, and then um, you know definitely check out Amazon. You can go to fermented reality, bcups.net, plenty of places you can check them out. And we have a link on our website under Do the we? things you need. To, yeah. It's one of the, the items that we have uh, linked the things you need to, uh, to buy mm-hmm. <laughs> essential beer equipment. No, I agree with it. Um, and especially like bill here in the summer, we, I mean, we use these by our pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take, I've taken them camping with us. Um, I've taken them on boats. I've taken them to the beach, basically what they're built for to go They're the, the, let's see if I get this, the world's first line of style specific beer cups for people on the go on the go. It's like, I've said that before, whether you're hiking in the woods, <laughs> camping on the, yeah. on a lake, river, beach, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're great. Yeah. Out, yeah. They're just outdoor beer glasses, man. They're, uh, they're, they're, we love them. We yeah. love them. Not only just because of, I mean, they're kind of cool to see and feel and look at, and but they actually, you know, they do serve serve a purpose, and they're a high quality plastic glass. Yeah, yeah. I, I've used, I have used and washed mine. Dozens gosh, at least times. twenty times, if not more. Right. I mean, and I, I don't wash my glasses every time I use them. Right. I'll use a glass, I'll rinse it out, and I'll use it for, you know, five or six beers before I'll throw it in a dishwasher. So I use, mm-hmm. use it quite a bit, but it comes out of dishwasher and then I'll use it again. And it looks like it's brand new. It, I mean, the quality is really good. Um, there, I mean, I will say that the lip, the lip is a little bit thick, you know, to your mouth, but you get used to it and it's not, it's not off putting, but it's, it's not that bad. Yeah. But the, the purpose to be able to take that out and drop it 
and it will, you know, land on the ground and not break, pick it up, rinse it off, pour another beer. Good to go. Yeah. Uh, that's the key. I, I've had other um, non-breakable glasses that I just don't like to drink out. Like any of those silly pints that have that silicon. Va- I used to take those with me when I, tra- I travel a lot for work. At least I, last year I didn't travel at all with work. This year I haven't traveled yet with work, but usually I travel quite a bit with work throughout the year. And I would pack a, a silly pint with me. Well, now I can, you know, I can pack a B cup and it's like drinking out of a real beer cup instead of, you know, a fake flimsy silicon thing that has a horrible silicon aroma, like, uh, like, a uh, you know, it's got like a chemical aroma in it when you're drinking it makes it, everything's mm-hmm. worse. But I took that one because a lot of times I can't count on having good glasses at the hotel I'm staying at because a lot of times they're just these cheap plastic, you know, glasses that, that are only hold half a beer. And I need to pour a whole beer. I want to be pouring a half a beer. Yeah, this this one hold this one held the uh, the whole sixteen ounce can. Whole sixteen, so. the whole sixteen ounce. It took That's, all of it. It took all of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, before we move on, I want to say one more thing. We were talking about beers that people are drinking now. I mentioned in the last episode that I had a, a Bigfoot twenty twenty one that I that I was waiting to drink, and I would drink it between shows. I'm not going to talk about it on my new and noteworthy beers. Because it's not a new and overly beer to me. I think I gave it a three and a half cap rating. Um, Bigfoot is a good beer, but it's as far as barley wines, it's not my favorite barley wine. It's a good barley wine if you want to buy it and and let it age. And mm-hmm. as it ages, I think it matures and becomes a better beer the older it is. But drinking it fresh, it's just not my favorite beer to drink. It's really harsh. Uh, you know, and it's just not as smooth as what I really enjoy barley wines to taste like. So I did drink my Bigfoot 2021. Um, I guess I should open up my untapped and just quickly read what I uh, I wrote about it. I, I don't remember because it was uh, two weeks ago. I drank it like <laughs> next day after we recorded. So my, my memory is lacking a bit, uh, but uh, I can find it easily enough on untapped here. Um. So what I said is, says this beer is an, oh, and I drank this in celebration of uh, Johan Halberg's birthday. He turned uh, fifty-one. He's just a little bit younger than I am, which is nice. That, you know that we're similar age. Uh, no so longer I, a kid. No longer a kid. He's no longer a kid. So I drank. This, I said this beer is in celebration of my buddy Johan Halberg's birthday today. Last night I said on the podcast I would drink this beer before the next recording. Here it is. Wow, this is pretty tasty. Malt's coming through even. With the hop forward and the finish hops, um, and if I said in a comment, I said if I was smart, I would buy a few and age to see how it develops over time. But I have worked hard to reduce my cellaring, so fresh is a three point five in my book. Um, but again, I would rate this higher um, the older it gets. You know, age of a year, it's better. Age of two years is even better. Three years, I think it's like perfection. So if you can hold on to it for Two to three years, it's going to be a much better beer than than fresh, in my opinion. Too much hops, too much harshness, not smooth as I like to have my barley wines. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that, I want to make sure I I gave my piece because I told you guys I would after the last episode. So, Chris, did you have any uh, Bigfoot? Uh, not the 2021. I okay. did. 
I'm sure I had a couple of 2020s, but okay. I'm, uh, I'll admit I'm, I'm kind of excited to move into the, uh, the brew buzz. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Well, now it's time for the brew buzz and the brew. Are we playing some Russian, uh, tunes there? Some, some yeah. Tetris? Yeah. <laughs> you caught me off guard. Hey, that's pretty I know, good, Chris. I, I knew I'd catch you. <laughs> so the brew buzz is this devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, we will be discussing the Russian Imperial Stout style and history. And I was able to uh, pull this information off of a bunch of different websites. I will have all the links on the show notes if you want to go and dive deeper into where I pulled this information from. But you can find a lot of information on the history of the Russian Imperial Stout on a lot of sites. And nobody knows how true the the story is right so take this with a grain of salt this is what you know the story is take it for a fun story is it 100 factual i don't know i wasn't there this was like 200 and some years before i was born <laughs> so i don't know but um i will give credit to uh, the website um alexander palace time machine and their article imperial dining russian imperial stout also um, I have a fun little story that I grabbed off of the Broughton's uh, b- brewing site. It's a it's a Scottish uh, brewery. It's called The Story of Broughton's 20-Year-Old Russian Imperial Stout. Kind of a fun little story. So I have a link to where that story came from. Also, I like going to this American Craft Beer website uh, because they have the, the articles that are called What the Hell is a Russian Imperial Stout? Hey, I like that. I like, you know, mm-hmm. I like fancy you know catchy names like that so there's an article you can find at the end for that and then of course i can't leave out craftbeer.com right Right. Uh, they have their american imperial stout section that kind of gives you a highlight of the style so if you want to go see more you can go to that link as well so chris i'm going to start off uh and then I'll, i'll just let you continue on and we'll figure out how i didn't i didn't piece it together on how we were going to break it up we'll just play it by ear that's totally fine. And then, then I threw some, ex- I found some extra music to throw in there too. Just look, if we're going to have the Kremlin in the background here, we might as well have the music to go along with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. So let's talk about the history of the Russian Imperial Stout. Now, when Peter the Great opened the Tsarist Russia to the West in the early 18th century, dark elves called porters were the, all the rage in England. Porters named after the working class who devoured them were relatively easy-drinking brews with a small percentage of highly roasted malt. The result was a dark brown, toffee-flavored libation uh, fit for a mass consumption. Arthur Guinness took the idea to Ireland, increased the dark, coffee-tinted profile, and added extra stout to the label, thus creating another new beer style. So Peter the Great fell in love with the stouts during his 1698 trip to England and he requested that some be sent to the imperial court in Russia. Much to the embarrassment of the the English, the beer had spoiled somewhere along this tedious thousand-mile journey. Determined, as always, to save face, the Barclay Brewery of London came to the rescue by rapidly increasing the amount of alcohol and hops for their second effort. The result was an inky black concoction with enough warmth and complexity to immediately become the sensation throughout Russia. The Russian Imperial Stout had been born and quickly 
became popular throughout European Russia. All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and hit the next section there? All right, so Empress Catherine the Great of Russia, she was from 1729 to 1796, was very much a fan of Imperial Stout. One notable supplier was Thrail's Anchor Brewery in the parish or district of Southwark, a mile or two upriver from John Courage Brewery's site. In 1796, Thrail's supplied Imperial Stout that would keep for seven years. Seven years. <laughs> hey, let's age some. That's, that's yeah. fine. Um, the author of the History of Antiquities to the the History of Antiquities of the Parish of Saint Sa- Savior Southwark. Jeez, that is <laughs> it's a, it's a book. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, take a drink. It's the author of the History of Antiquities of the Parish of Saint Savior Southwark. Okay, thank you. <laughs> they said that Thrail's beer at the time quote. The reputation of and enjoyment of porter, or imperial stout, is by no means confined to England. As proof of the truth of this assertion, this house exports annually very large quantities. So far extended are its commercial connections that Thrail's entire, a contemporary name for imperial stout. The entire, that's the name of the beer. Uh, is well known as a delicious beverage from the frozen regions of Russia to the burning sands of Bengal and Sumatra. The empress of all Russia is indeed so partial to Porter that she has ordered repeatedly very large quantities for her own drinking and that of her court. Man, I love a woman who loves strong beer. She knows what she wants. Yeah. So let's give it to her. All right. I'm going to get this last paragraph. and then no, Go gonna... get the last two, and then I'll start with the All interesting right. story. Okay. She also ordered some of her supply from the John Courage Brewery. The John Courage Brewery continued to brew its Imperial Stout with the boast on its label that it was originally brewed by the Imperial Order of Catherine up until the 1990s. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. While hugely popular through the 19th century... Porters had fallen away completely from the consumer's taste by the end of the 20th century. The style that the style may have disappeared altogether were it not for the newfound bravado and quirkiness of the emerging emerging <laughs> emerging <Better drink. laughs> craft beer craft beer scene. We're live on Facebook. Take a drink of the emerging craft beer craft brewing scene. Jesus. In the U.S., anxious to brew all things intense, extreme, and obscure. Stop that share. (laughs) Many small batch American brewers began resurrecting and reinventing the old Russian genre. Today's versions are even bigger and bolder than the originals. Yeah, and so it makes sense, right, that a lot of these historical beers... Um, we're brought back by American's craft beer movement, right? We wanted things that were different, bigger, bolder than what we were already having. So it's it, it, it kind of makes sense. So that leads into where this style kind of died and it made a resurrection story. But mm-hmm. now here's here's another interesting story. And again, I mentioned this was uh, from that uh, that Broughton Brewery. So. Um, I got this story from their their website, and uh, I'll just go ahead and, and read some of this. So the flow of Russian imperial stout continued unabated into the region of Tsar Nicholas II in the early years of the 20th century. 
even during the First World War in 1914. However, the leader of the Bolshevik Party, Lenin, and the whole revolutionary leadership were con uh, contemptuous of this uh, bourgeois tipple, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm I not a bourgeoisie. Bourgeois, whatever. Yeah, you can say that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Thus, on, the on October 25th, 1917, when the Bolshevik Revolution erupted uh, in the port city of St. Petersburg, Lenin ordered warehouses holding barrels of the last remaining stocks to be destroyed. Witnesses reported a stream of black beer running down the streets. Uh, the October Revolution and the years of the Soviet Union that followed marked the sad end of the legendary Russian imperial stout. So it became big, and then Lenin came in and just crushed it and threw all the beer out, and then no more. It was gone. Thanks, Lenin. All right. So now comes the Broughton Stout story. However, founded in 1979, Broughton Brewery decided to revive this historic brew at the end of the start of the new millennium in 2000, brewed a batch of Russian Imperial Stout for a new customer in St. Petersburg. Sadly, the customer ran out of money and, or, and the order never delivered. The casks of Russian Imperial Stout were placed in Broughton's barrel store where they have matured for the past 20 years in ideal cool and dark conditions. Now we're going to bring it, bring it home. COVID style <laughs> during, during the COVID lockdown, these barrels were discovered. And when the beer inside was sampled, it still had the strong roasted malt and hop flavors loved by the czars, Peter and Catherine with added complexity and smoothness from the stout's long maturation. In August 2020, Broughton Brewery offered bottles of this 20-year-old Russian Imperial Stout, which was only 7.9% alcohol, with its uh, nature strictly limited as a reward for pledges in their Save the Brewery crowdfunder. So let's, let's talk about this for a second. This brewery in 1979 brewed a bunch of beer that was going to be sent to Russia. The Russian customer couldn't pay for it so it sat in their warehouse somehow got lost in their warehouse for 20 years during covid when they're trying to do inventory and figure out what's going on they find this stash of beer and it turns out that even after 20 years way past the seven year aging 20 years it's still a great beer now they're struggling covid's hit the brewery is like losing it's like hemorrhaging money they need some way to survive. They take, they take this beer and offer it as an uh, opportunity for people that, hey, you want to, if you go ahead and help us out, then we will go ahead and and you have the opportunity to have some of this very limited twenty year old beer, and as a, as a crowdfunding thing. So I I thought that was kind of a I, interesting story, right? I want to know how much it was. So. Um, I won't talk about it here because it it happened last October uh, or August to October is when it was done. So you can't get it, but I, I do know. have a link. I do have a link that you can take you to the page. I think it was, I think it was only like 30 euros what? or 30 pounds. I think it's pounds. Because, yeah. I type in Broughton Brewery, a uh, 20 year old Russian and it brings up Goose Island. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let me talk about this real quick. Okay. In August 2020, Broughton Brewery offered bottles of this 20-year-old Russian Imperial Stout. I already said that, didn't I? Um, Broughton Brewery have been brewing award-winning beers in the Scottish borders since 1979. We are calling upon you. This is their. This is part of their crowdfunding um, spiel they did. We're calling upon mm-hmm. you to save the brewery by donating to our cause or buying one of our fantastic rewards and sharing our message far and wide to spread the word. Due to COVID-19, times are tough and the future is uncertain. You can help us keep brewing and bringing our award-winning beers to you by joining our campaign to save the brewery. And their campaign slogan was, you were part of the craft beer revolution, now become part of the of the revival. Keep Scottish brewing alive. So wow. at, at the end, oh, Chris going to share. It's even on. It's, it's even on tap. Huh? Collective rating of four point four. Wow! Wow! Oh, but it's only got like thirteen people have actually yeah. checked into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's ex- it's very exclusive. It's very it's very rare. Yes, it's very exclusive and very rare. But I think it was, if I remember correctly, I, I think it was thirty pounds was the reward. Like if you if you donated that much, you get a bottle. Which to me, if that if that's correct, if I'm right about that, that's a really low price for a yeah. beer that's been cellared for, you know, 20 for 20 years. years, right? I mean, that's a, a good. I'd do good it purchase. twice. Yeah. yeah. I would do it twice. So, um, so yeah. So, that's that's an interesting story. It kind of brings it back home, this whole Russian Imperial Stout thing. And you know, we talked about it back in, in 1698. We brought it all the way back to 2019. Uh, with a nice cool story. Uh, and so that's what uh, that's what it's all about. So Chris, I just got done talking a bunch. Why don't you go into the style characteristics of of this beer? And I, in his first sentence here, I kind of put put things together in the fact that uh, you know what we're really talking about. And I, and I like it. It's a good opening line. <laughs> so the style characteristics, the uh, Russian Imperial Stout is just an imperial stout with a fun story behind it, mm-hmm. whether it's true or not. All right. Mm-hmm. Craftbeer.com describes the American imperial stout as follows. The American imperial stout is the strongest in alcohol and body of the stouts. Black in color, these beers typically have an extremely rich malty flavor and aroma with full sweet malt character. Bitterness can come from roasted malts or hop additions. Mm-hmm. Looking at its appearance, you, the color is just going to be black. Uh, I know I've had some Russian Imperial Stouts, and you know people have very much compared it to motor oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, used dirty motor oil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the clarity, there's no clarity. Uh, it's rated as opaque, mm-hmm. um, and the carbonation, at least on the visual side, is going to be slow to medium rising bubbles yeah it can't get through that thickness the bubbles just no. can't penetrate what bu- <laughs> no it's more like what bubbles you yeah. don't really see a whole lot of bubbles in there um in the flavor and aroma the alcohol it's noticeable mm-hmm. um the hops hop aroma and flavor are medium high to high with floral citrus and herbal hop aromas hop bitterness is medium high to very high and balanced with the malt character your malts, you're going to find bittersweet chocolate, cocoa, and coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, fruity esters are generally high, and uh, phenols are not common to the style. So I'm going to say that the esters, it really depends on the how the brewery 
you know, processes it right with the yeast. Yep. Some will have some dark fruit esters in them, but there's some like the like the old Rasputin. Honestly, I don't taste any fruity esters in the old Rasputin. Right? No. It's really no. bitter from the start to finish, based on the the malts and the hops, and it doesn't lead to any of those dark fruits. But I just wanted to clarify that that they can they can have uh, fruity esters, but like dark fruit esters, but not always. So just keep that in mind. Uh, before I continue, mm-hmm. Alexa, set a timer for 15 minutes. <laughs> what? Uh, wait, no, is, that, gotta... is that all we got? 15 minutes? You got to leave? No, no, oh. no. I got I to gotta be, you know, <laughs> you can't just go blowing into this thing. No, and... no. You got to do it right. Good good thinking. Good thinking. Yeah. All right. So the sensations for this beer on the body, it's mouth coating, mm-hmm. right? It's going to, it's going to coat. I mean, it's, it's heavy. Uh, carbonation, low to medium. Again, what bubbles? Mm-hmm. Uh, your finish length is long. Thank you for noticing. And your uh, attenuation is medium. What is attenuation? Attenuation is how much sugar, how much sweetness is taken out of the okay. beer. All right. Um, so some vital statistics, your IBUs or your imperial bittering units, 50 to 90 mm. Your ABV eight percent to twelve percent. Now those are are rough, right? Low. <laughs> and, and and can be low. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, um, I think I think eight percent is like a, a minimum for imperial stouts, but it can go up to fifteen, sixteen percent on a lot of these Russian oh, sure. imperial stouts. So I think they should have raised that a little bit higher than twelve. I think twelve mm-hmm. is is being um, conservative in that Correct. in that high range. I would totally agree with you because I've definitely had some, well, yeah, I, some big. I think, ones, I think it's, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it, <laughs> I think it's being very conservative. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to do a couple of these uh, examples, and I'll let you do a couple, Chris. Is that cool? All right, let's do that. All right, I'm going to start off with my favorite. It's my favorite because the one I drank the most of, and that I fell in love with early in my craft beer journey. And it just sticks with me. A lot of times you have, when you, in your craft beer journey, you have certain beers that make an impact on you. And old, and this beer from North Coast Brewing, Old Rasputin, is a beer that, that left an impact on me. And I still drink it to, today and still enjoy it every time I have it. Um, I have a little note here. It says, first brewed in 1994, then bottled in 1996. This three-time Great American Beer Festival medal winner is considered by many to be the archetype of the style and the basis upon which many Russian Imperial stout styles are brewed in the U S today. And, um, yeah, I love this beer. Um, I, I wish it was around the nation so everyone could, could enjoy it as much as I do, but I'm just lucky that I live in the spot that I can get it. And and I do drink it quite a bit, uh, every year. No, I will, uh, I will back you up on that one because you know, you, you guys are, pretty much on the complete opposite coast of where we are and mm-hmm. we still get this beer so oh do you, okay good oh absolutely good. yeah we we see old rasputin uh, and a lot of its uh variants too yeah and and now it's coming in 16 now so what's cool is that they're really north coast brewing is releasing their beers they used to be just in these 12 ounce bottles right mm-hmm. now they're releasing them in 16 ounce cans so now when you get an Old Rasputin, it's a 16-ounce can of this 9% ABV beer. And I could have swore this beer was 10% at one point, but maybe I'm just – my mind is playing tricks on me. 
but yeah, 16 ounces is a nice sample of that and, and really good. Same thing with this next yeah. beer I'm going to talk about. Oscar Blues 1050. Yep. This is another staple that I love. Um, I, I enjoy this beer almost as much as Old Rasputin, but I drink Old Rasputin more because it's, it's again, it's it's part of my craft beer journey that that has left a, a, a mark in me that I just go back to all the time. But Oscar Blues 1050, one of the uh, only widely available Russian Imperial Stouts in cans. 1050 is a bit lighter. It's 10.5%. And 65 lighter. IBUs. Yeah, lighter. <laughs> and I love the story behind the name, too. Yeah. Which we can talk about if you want. Yeah, well, I'll let you talk about it here in a second. So making it an ideal base for the over 20 variants that have, that they've created, including their highly sought-after bourbon barrel-aged version. So what is the background of the 1050? So uh, from my – so the F-I-D-Y, mm-hmm. I remember that clearly because there's profanity involved in – well – you know how much I enjoy some good sentence enhancers. <laughs> okay, okay. So but, if you're sensitive, close your ears. Yeah, so according to, uh, from what I've been told, uh, Oscar Blues at the point when this beer came out was offered to sell out. They were they were offered to sell out, and they said no. Um, and the FIDI, F-I-D-Y, is, stands for fuck the industry. Do oh, it yourself. <laughs> yeah, do it yourself. I knew, that, I knew it was do it yourself, but I didn't realize it was fuck the industry okay yeah yeah so um actually art warcheck who we read a couple of his check-ins a few minutes ago he told me that story and okay. i i decided to look it up on online because you know everything you read online is true um, but there are a couple of websites that are corroborating that story okay okay yeah so um yeah um a, a little story about oscar blues oscar blues as far as I understand, and as far as what I've seen, is one of the first is 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 maybe the first, if if not the first, one of the first breweries that brought craft beer to back to cans. And I saw it in my stores in two thousand two timeframe. And when I first saw the first beers that came into town was uh, was their Scottish Ale, um, Old Chub, Old Chub. And when I saw, for one thing, I'm a huge fan of Scottish ales. Yep. And when I saw it, I had to pick up a six pack, but I was weary because I'm like, oh crap, it's in a, it's in a aluminum, it's in aluminum cans. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed it and I drank it and I loved it. And I didn't have the metallic-y feel, you know, character of the beer that I was used to getting back, you know, when I was drinking stuff out of cans before. And uh, it's it, it literally was the first craft beer that I had in cans back in 2002, 2003 timeframe when it came to the Boise area. And in Old Chubb is one of my, I love that beer and 1050. I mean, all their beers, they were doing cans really early in the craft beer world. So and a little story there to throw out while we're talking about it. All right. And that and that's going to, well, the, the cans, it, I mean, you've probably seen it now. Everything is moving into cans. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering about where glass is going to go from here, considering you can put everything, you can put anything in a can, anything from, you know, these beers that, you know, we swore up and down had to be in glass bottles in mm-hmm. order to, uh, preserve their integrity. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. It's it's not the case. The, the problem is, is that a lot of the bigger breweries that bought into the bottling and, and had a massive bottling line to to, to get their beers out in distrib- distribution, 
they're now stuck with that line, right? They have to use it. But yeah. like the example I'm going to use, the Schutz Brewery, they're 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 utilizing their bottling line to do their big beers that used to come in 22 ounce bottles into 12 ounce bottles now. So they're utilizing their their bottling line to do some of their staple beers and that, and a lot of their special beers in 12 ounce variants versus the the 22 ounce variants that they had before. And they're they're doing some of their flagship beers that have a uh, you know a lot of uh, sales in cans. So they have a canning line and they have their big giant bottling line. So you're utilizing both. But if you invest multi-million dollars into your bottling line, you can't just give it up, right? You've got to get that money back. And so I think that a lot of breweries are kind of like balancing the the two two options so that they can utilize what the equipment they have and also provide beers in cans that are, you know, massive sellers that people want to take out you know, on the beach, hiking, whatever, you know, uh, on the lake uh, in cans that are easier to deal with. Well, we've totally taken some very big beers uh, into the woods, camping and stuff like that, that used to just show up in bottles. And now it's Mm -hmm. nice to be able to see those beers show up in cans where we don't have to be so gentle with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, Not have to worry about breaking a bottle and stuff like that. For sure. For sure. All right, Chris, I'll do one more and I'll let you take the rest. So, the next one I'm going to talk about is Avery Brewing's uh, The Czar. And this is uh, one of Avery's most popular offerings, uh, though also a member of the recently retired Dictator series. You might still be able to find this 10.1% ABV beast on shelves, but you'll have to find it fast. So, yeah, I think I think this beer is discontinued. Um, I th- believe I had this beer before in my past, maybe even before I was on untapped. Um, I'm pretty sure I've had the czar in the past, but uh, Avery is out of Colorado brewery. So if you're not in their distribution, you may not have seen it uh, in time, but that's one of the ones that, that I remember back in the day. All right, Chris, now you got the big boys. You ready for these? All right. So next on the list is going to be three Floyd's brewing their dark Lord. There's mm-hmm. a whole day for this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first beers in America to have its own release day party mm-hmm. the last Saturday in April. So it's coming up last Saturday in April. It's the only time that it's sold. It weighs in at 15%. It sports, Mary, uh, sports many special variants and is consistently rated one of the best beers in the world. Mm. Now, I've had dark lord multiple times for a couple of different years and i really do like it yeah i never had it. it's on my bucket list uh, i I, I really do like it i hear a lot of people talk about how all i i i remember talking to somebody about it and they and as what i said hey i'm getting some some dark lord and, and they said soy sauce Uh, (laughs) what do you mean soy sauce oh boy there is very very much uh if in the in the food and flavor world there's very much a savory what's called an umami flavor to umami that are in there i love it (laughs) it's Mm. it is really good and i would totally getting it i would totally get it if someone uh someone maybe sent it to my house it's three nine (laughs) zero five 
anyway, um, next on the list is going to be Surly Brewing's Darkness, which is another regional quote must have Russian Imperial Stout with its own Darkness Day. The, this beast has been lurking since 2007 with its latest incarnation weighing in at 12%. Uh, 85 IBUs and overtones of chocolate, raspberry, and cherry. Mm. And that sounds really good. And their their darkness day, I'd be really uh, curious to see what that looks like too because mm. chocolate, raspberry, and, and, a, and a dark beer. Let's, let's go mm-hmm. for it. The next is a beer that, well. Right at home. If you're, if you're near where I am, you can just walk into your freaking public's grocery store and pick it up if you want to (laughs) Um, no not not really but cigar city brewings marshall zukov which in itself is a very solid very well done beer and it's dead in my opinion anyway it's dedicated to the renowned general georgie zukov of world war ii fame this is the base upon which their prized hunapu's imperial stout is Mm. built upon which i had some of the other day which was pretty damn good it's featuring flavors of espresso dark chocolate toffee and black strap molasses clocking in at 11 and a half percent and 60 ibus uh, and you know what this used to be one of those beers that everybody waited in line for mm. it was uh, it was a very hyped beer uh, there were lines wrapping around the building for it. Now you can go into the, you know, Total Wine and More, ABC, whatever the the, the liquor store is. It's not hard to find. Hmm. It really isn't. It's good, but it's really not hard to find. And the last one is the Firestone Walker Parabola. Hmm. Yeah. I think there's one of those in my fridge right now. Yeah. I love that beer. This beer is Me good. too. Um, and again, I really wish firestone walker would show up in in florida <laughs> um but the uh the parabola receiving a 100 score with 1180 reviews perfect on beer score. advocate perfect yeah. score yeah i mean it really doesn't get much better than that guys if you can get it give it a shot parabola is big time at 13.1 percent and 79 ibus it's aged for a full year in a blend of bourbon barrels from elijah craig Four Roses, Pappy Van Winkle, Woodford Reserve, and Buffalo Trace. Mm. I did not know that part. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're blending. Firestone Walker's blending is incredible. Whoever they have blending their beers is a master because I've never had a bad blend of any of their different beers that they blend together. It's just like, it's like a perfect blend every time. I'm really mm. good. Now I want to go find that. It's like I almost want to travel a little bit closer to you so I can see if yeah, I can get it's it. A 20, it's a $20 11-ounce bottle of beer. So you, you really have to want it to, to get it. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> There's something Firestone Walker in my fridge right now that I'd, I'd love to go check. But something tells me it's the uh, a barley wine or something like that. But hey. Oh, their knows? barley wine is great too. Oh, yeah. I, I've had that in a couple of different years. Yeah. And... Yeah. I love their barley wine. Their sticky monkey. All their, all their stuff is good. It's just that I get to a point where I just don't want to spend $20 for a small bottle on everything, right? So I have to be picky. And I pick the ones that come in that I that I haven't had for a while that I want to try. So that's what, that's how I've been basing it lately is, okay, how long ago have I had this one? Okay, I want Alexa, to go ahead and... Stop. 
Oh, it's 15 minutes. Huh? It's it's time to blow, Denny. Okay, you can blow. But I that's how I, I've based my purchases now is I, I think, okay, how long have I had this? I haven't had this for a while. I'm grabbing this one versus this other one because, you know, I don't have an unlimited – I wish I had an unlimited beer uh, budget, but I don't. I You know, I'm, I'm trying to survive during COVID times, and I'm trying to uh, save for my retirement, which is coming up fast. So – so you're calculating? That's trying. Focus. Yeah, it's trying. It's calculating and focusing. Okay. 3.035. You're, man, you are awesome, dude. You can suck down those 14% Look, and nothing. Here's here's the thing. Um, I, I'm pretty aware of how accurate these things are. <laughs> I uh, I would not drive right now. So you said that the, you said that the other day on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. So you must have had a really good St. Patrick's Day where you're like taking down some Irish car bombs or something. Because that's you, exactly what I had. I had four of them. <laughs> you had four uh, Irish car bombs, and uh, it was and really that you were point oh six something, right? Um, I think when I sent you the guys the first message, it was point oh seven, like point oh seven eight. Yeah. I was just under that legal yeah. limit, but you. And then I, Felt you couldn't drive, right? Oh, absolutely yeah. not. Right yeah. now, I'd I'd be questionable <laughs> driving. So, what's I mean? That's weird because I feel I, we had a discussion on Fermented Reality Beer Cast, and it kind of got. Once I saw the video that Dan posted on uh-huh. our chat, I realized well maybe it is more accurate than I thought. So we did a test when I had my company over last night. Um, we drank the same beers at the same, you know, same times we had the same amount of beer and then we took the breathalyzer and, um, we were close, but I, I had eaten before they came over and, and he hadn't eaten. Mm -hmm. So the only difference between us were same, same height, same build. He's younger than me. I'm older. By what? Like a year? No, he's no, he's younger (laughs) by maybe 20 years, 15, 20 years. But we're the same body weight, height, everything. The only thing different is that I did eat before they came over. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I put something in my stomach and, and I hadn't drank before. My first beer was when his first, we drank our first beer together. We drank two beers. We did a test. He was at 0.04 something and I was at 0.3 something. Like, like, I was like one, like one point below what he was. The only difference, and we took them in the same, same same sensor. I just swapped out the mouthpiece, so we each had our mm-hmm. own mouthpiece. But the only difference was the fact that I had eaten and he hadn't eaten before he came over. And his and that's the key, right? If you don't eat, the alcohol has a stronger uh, um, effect on you than if you have a base of food in your gut that can help balance it out. So you, the alcohol is not going straight into your blood system, right? It's, it's working against that food that's trying to be processed at the same time. What do you think, uh, food-wise, mm-hmm. would be more beneficial than the other? I think that it's Types a, of food. A, a hearty... I'm thinking a hearty... Okay, don't eat a bunch of sugary, starchy stuff. That's not going to okay. help, I think, because the starch is going to break down in sugars. Alcohol is sugar, and it's going to... You know, it's going to probably not be as well. I think if you have a good meat base... Then the meat, the the things that take longer to process, that your body is working harder to process, is going to mm-hmm. take is going to have a longer lasting effect on reducing the amount of alcohol that gets into your blood system 
Okay. When you eat. So I'm going to say some kind of meat, you know, meat and potatoes is fine. That's but exactly just like, what I had for dinner tonight. Okay. So that maybe that's why you're able to handle it. But you're saying it, you're mentally though, you don't feel that mm. you could, that you're mentally ready, you know, capable of driving, but no, like I, so there, there's times when I, uh, allegedly that I've <laughs> just driven home and I'm mm-hmm. like, Hmm, glad I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking at right now, I, I wouldn't even consider that. Like yeah. I, I, I've never found myself to be the kind of person that would go, oh no, I'm totally fine. I can totally yeah. drive home right now. No, no, no. I'm going to call an Uber. We're just going to go home. No, right now, .03 something, yeah. I'm calling Uber if I had to go home. Which is smart, right? At least you're erring on the side of caution than throwing it out the, you know, out to the wind and just doing what you want. So I would rather you make that choice even though you're well under the limit, because mm-hmm. why take a chance? Even if you well, think I, that you are in, impaired, you are impaired. I feel impaired, yeah. right? I, I look at this and go, I feel impaired. And then, and, but then also do I look at this and go, well, I've got the BAC track. So. No, yeah. Don't, don't buy on that. <laughs> that just gives you an idea that, okay, should I wait it out for another two hours before I drive, even though I feel okay? Cause here's the problem I have. The more you drink and the more your body is used to, you know, working with that uh, alcohol in your, in your bloodstream, the less effect it has on you to be able to perform, right? You can perform, right. but you're still have a high, you're, you're above the limit. It doesn't matter if you can perform. If you get pulled over and you blow high, you're busted, whether you can perform or not. I can walk that line, say my alphabet back and, you know, forward and back doesn't matter if i can't blow it at the level mm-hmm. then i'm you know i'm impaired even though i can pass all the tests so it doesn't matter okay um, so i'm currently at 0.037 yeah it's about yeah right um and i've been told by a few members of law enforcement that certain people are just better at being drunk than others <laughs> alexa set a timer for 30 minutes <laughs> Let's see where we go from here. So you're not drinking it. You're done. I'm I'm done. Right. Because if I, if I continue to drink anymore, I'm going to feel like absolute garbage, (laughs) not only for the rest of the night, but I'll probably wake up and just feel just gross. Yeah. You'll wake up and you won't be able to sleep. And the next day you're wasted. Oh, I'll sleep just fine. (laughs) Which thank goodness that, you know, it's one of those things where sleeping nine fingers crossed knock on wood that I've never struggled with. I lucky you, lucky you. I, I don't get much sleep a night. I'm struggling every night to try to sleep. So good for we'll you. See what, we'll see what a half an hour looks like. So 0.037, we'll see what 30 minutes looks like on the clock. Okay. And we'll go from there. That, that's if we're still live because we're finishing up here. Yeah, we're getting close. All right. Well, hey, that was our brew buzz and a little bit of backtrack talk. Uh-huh. Uh, don't, again, we're not professionals. Don't take what we're saying to be the truth. This is just, you know, what we're talking about, right? If, if you have a drink, hey, get someone to drive you home. That's the key. Don't take a chance. It's better to go ahead and take an Uber, a taxi, call a friend, than to risk having oh, a yeah. circuit, you know, whatever oh, yeah. happens. So that's, that's a, what we're... A 20, 20, 30, 40, even $50 Uber ride yeah. is so much better than a $10,000 DUI. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, that's what we're telling you. We're just doing this for fun because we're at home. 
Mm-hmm. Chris isn't traveling anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So when I blow on this thing, I don't have to worry about driving. I'm just doing it to find out how it affects me. And and I started off at whatever I said. What, what was I at, Chris, when we started? 0.03 something? Well, I, I, I'm having trouble. I can't rem- remember. I, I literally just wrote down my B8. My B8. Yeah, my but number. I'm still drinking, so I'm not going to be able to take a test for a while because I got this. Okay. I got one more beer to drink. But since Chris has stopped, I guess I got to keep drinking. But all right, well, but, now I mean, I'm sitting here at uh, you're at, at Trek, Trek Brewing. brewing. Yeah, look at John. John's <laughs> yeah, John on his phone. Here. He should be brewing, shouldn't he? What the <laughs> hell is wrong with that guy? Yeah. Okay. All right, Chris. Well, let's go into our new and noteworthy beers. Uh, do you want to start or you want me to start? Sure. I'll hop into this one. Um, so the first beer on my list from our new and noteworthy beers is going to be one of the beers that I got from Cigar City's El Catador Club, which was their Primordial Unity. I uh, gave okay. this beer a four and a half cap rating, and it was very simply on the outside of the label, bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout. All right. Well, you know, and, and I appreciate simplicity when it comes to beers too, whether it's barrel aged or an Imperial Stout or a Rye PA or Cascadia, whatever you want to call it. Right. So this one, I remember this one specifically. Uh, I was laying in bed drinking a snifter. Well, kind of <laughs> what a snifter looks like. Drinking a <laughs> snifter um, of this of this beer, watching Dexter. Oh wow! Yeah, so we're in season like six. Like Dexter's sister just found out about it. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this beer. Me his wife. No, 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 no. That was like season three. His <laughs> wife's dead, by the way. If you want to, uh, another spoiler alert. Anyway, um, so this one just it was chocolatey and roasty, and then you had some vanilla and oak from the barrel. Um, just all around, very good. Simple but very good all at the same time. So the primordial unity from Cigar City, four and a half caps for this beer. And then the second beer I have on the on my list is the Honeyed One from High Hops Brewery. I believe they're in Colorado. Mm. This was a red ale, mm. um, and I I do enjoy a good red ale. Um, and this I was reading the uh, the Honeyed One. I was reading the the can, and this one was from the same people that gave me this lovely bottle opener, the original craft beer club, craftbeerclub.com. Um, it was, uh, I'm over 21. Yeah. So this was a sweet red ale brewed with nugget hops and honey malt. And they very, they made it very clear that the beer does not contain any honey. Mm. Uh, 7.1%. Uh, just nugget hops, uh, California ale yeast. And it was a little on the sweet side, but in a good way. Okay. Right. So, so a red ale, normally a little more bitter, a little malty. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was a little more sweet, like it almost had honey in it, but it didn't. Okay. Um, and uh, I drank it. Now, m- my wife, Megan, not really a big fan of hops, but she really enjoyed this one too. And I gave this one a 4.25 rating as far as my new and noteworthy beers. Nice. Now, Denny, just like you, I have a, I have a very short list this week. Yeah, yeah, right? me too. Yeah. What about you? Let's hear about some of your uh, new and noteworthy beers. 
All right. So my new and noteworthy beers are pretty limited, just like Chris's was. I only have two. But the first one I want to talk about is a, a very good beer. And if you can get Almanac Brewing in your area, I recommend looking for Almanac Beer Company's Boost Coffee Stout. Um, this is what I wrote about this beer is coffee aroma is nice. And, and when I say nice, I mean uh, it's there, but subtle and not in a attacking like a, a like an aggressive way. It's just it's just pleasantly there. The flavor is even better. Complements the rich, dark chocolate flavor and roasty malts. Really smooth and delicious, but I expect no less from Almanac. Just what I needed to kick off the weekend. Uh, I gave this a four and a half cap rating. And again, Almanac to me is, um, Almanac Beer Company, I love their sour beers. They make, in my opinion, the best sour beers in the country. But when they step in, you know, it's just like Revision, right? Revision makes good hazy IPAs. But even when they step out of the hazy and make something different, their style is really good. And yeah. this is the same way. Almanac makes great beer, whether it's an IPA, a, a coffee stout, or a sour. They're all good. So that that's a four and a half cap rating. So if you can get Boost um, boost Coffee Stout, go grab it. It's really a well-done coffee stout. Now, I remember I said I was going to reduce my adjunct beers this year. I'm trying. I really am trying. I'm drinking a lot of non-adjunct beers, a lot of real beer, a, uh, a lot less IPAs, except for this week. I'm drinking a lot more IPAs. <laughs> but I have been drinking a lot of German beers and a lot of styles that don't have any adjuncts, and, and I am enjoying it. And the last beer is a, a beer that uh, maybe people are surprised to see me list because they're no longer really an independent uh, brewery. Uh, but it's New Belgian Brewing. And they just are celebrating their 30th anniversary. And I mentioned this on the uh, on the Fermenter Reality Beer Cast that when I first saw this six pack of cans, I saw the I saw Wild New Belgian Wild Ride, and I saw um, 30th anniversary beer. So I was just, and I saw Amber in the in the style. And when I saw Amber, I thought, oh, it must be like a special blend of their Fat Tire, right? Fat Tire is mm. an Amber Ale. It's their what I would say was their is their flagship beer for that brand, right? Yeah. New Belgium, you're known for Fat Tire. I thought, well, maybe it's a, a twist on the Fat Tire Amber L um, recipe that, that made it special. So I grabbed it thinking, okay, it's not an IPA because I didn't want an IPA. I go and pour it. I take my first sip and I was caught off guard because I'm like, whoa, this is not an Amber L. This is an IPA. But it was an IPA that, was uh, what what it's being classified as a red IPA, which I love red IPAs because red IPAs typically will add some of that malt character in there. So you get some of that malty, um, I, you know, I, I want to, I'm torn on how to describe that malt character. It's kind of nutty, but not like, like, you know, like a nut brown. It's like mm-hmm. maybe a hazel, not, not even hazelnut, maybe uh um, Brazil nut, like a Brazil nut type nuttiness, like that, uh, um, buttery, like a, like kind of a buttery, uh, malt character, but not like diacetyl, but like, a a rich, I don't know, kind of toffee, buttery, like mixture between caramel, like a caramel yeah, but I get that a lot. Too. Maybe it's a caramel. Maybe it's like a, 
a buttery, like a buttery caramel, but not diacetyl. It's, I hate diacetyl beers. It has nothing to do with diacetyl. It's, it's a fleshy, oh, fleshy. Maybe that's it. Like a fleshy malt character with a nice floral IPA finish. Very pleasant. Really like this beer a lot. I got, I had a six pack of it and it's gone. I drank it all. Um, I gave it a four cap rating. And what I, let me see what I said on here. If I can get my phone up. I said, so when I bought this, um, I read 30th Anniversary Amber and missed the India Pale L after. Uh, so I was surprised when I tasted a very good IPA, a bit of citrusy tropical hop with a bit of toasted malt. And uh, I was impressed. Happy Anniversary, New Belgium. So it surprised me. You know, I'm all for having IPAs surprise me. And this one did. And it was very enjoyable. And I think Joel mentioned that it's very similar to maybe a, a Nugget Nectar. That um, Trogues, Trogues, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to remember what the brewery, what Trogues Brewery puts out in their uh, IPA or Pale Ale or whatever that that Nugget Nectar is. Uh, and I have never had that beer, so I don't know if it's similar. But it sounds like Joel understood what I was saying and and, and kind of related to the same thing. So. If you see it, go grab it because it's it's a one. I don't think they're going to release. I mean, maybe they'll keep it going past thirtieth anniversary, but I think it's a limited release, and that's why I bought it. Is I don't want to miss out on something that is a celebrate ce- celebrating a milestone of a brewery that may not be the same brewery it was ten years ago, but is still worthy of celebrating and new Belgium is still worthy of celebrating in, in my opinion. So yeah. I will agree. Yeah. I will totally agree. But, but I don't buy as much new Belgium as I did 10 years ago. I mean, no. I have, I have like two rows of new Belgium beers that are unique. I mean, when you're pumping out all kinds of unique beers and I don't see them, they're not doing it anymore. At least they're not distributing to Boise if they are. Maybe they're keeping them local and they're doing all these very like, you know, unique one-off beers, but I don't see them here. They're doing Voodoo Ranger really? bullshit. I, yeah. You don't see them out all the way out there? No, I mean, I don't see the unique ones. I see oh, Voodoo Ranger. Unique. All I see is Voodoo Ranger, their triple, their, their normal stuff that they always release. I don't see their uh, La Folie and their... Oh. Um, you know, all these special beers I have on my wall right here. I mean, I mm-hmm. love those beers. I grab them every time they came out. I grab a bottle because I love their Saisons. I love their, you know, all those unique beers they did. I they don't, I never see them anymore. All I see sure. is Voodoo Ranger and then they'll pull out a triple. They'll pull out, you know, some of their, their mainstream ones, but not these unique one-offs that came in 22-ounce bottles in the past. They don't do anymore, at least not coming to Boise. And that's, and that's sad because that's what I love them for was their unique um, fooder, like all their special sours and their fooder um, beers they did. Right. Um, those are the ones that were that I really appreciated. All right. So those are my new and noteworthy. Two beers from me, two from Chris. Cut. Simple. And dry. Easy, easy, mm-hmm. easy going. All right, Chris. Well, I said it was going to be a short show and we're already an hour and a half. So let's close this thing out. But before we Perfect. do it. Uh, let's give a toast to who you'd like to give a toast to. So I would love to raise a glass actually to my old boss. 
Valerie Scruggs, or as I know her, Val Ritzert. I used to work with her at uh, at uh, Western Reserve Academy in Hudson, Ohio. She turns 50 today. Mm. Val, happy birthday to yeah. you. Thanks to the you, yeah, yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, I hope you have an absolutely <laughs> wonderful birthday. Cheers to 50. And, uh, cheers to you. And Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to? Well, um for a patreon i like to always raise a glass to a patreon supporter um i have mike allen as our patreon supporter this week but you know what because jeff is the only one left in our facebook live cheers to you jeff seiler for sticking around and uh being a super supporter of our show i really appreciate it. so cheers to you jeff and um also today i, I was home um we're refinancing our home just because the interest rates are so low, I'm going to pay this house off in eight years. I might as well pay less interest while I do it. So yep. the, the a home inspector came or home appraiser came and uh, walked through the house. And as he was walking through, he came into this fortress of solitude or beertude. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he was amazed. He kept looking at the bottles and saying, wow, you've got quite a collection, you know, and I started talking, yeah, I do a crappier podcast. And I gave him a card and he said, yeah, I'm really interested. I want to, you know, I want to go ahead and listen. So, Ron, uh, if you do indeed follow through and listen, cheers to you. Uh, thank you for coming out and praising my house. And I hope you enjoy the show and uh, write into us. Let us know uh, how you like it. Uh, we appreciate that. And the last toast I want to give out is to, is to my daughter, Haley. Her 26th birthday is coming up at the uh in uh nine days i guess it's early she's here celebrating right now but uh in nine days she turns 26 so cheers to you Haley! happy birthday cheers Haley! happy birthday all right and of course being a former serviceman i always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the u.s military mil military services protecting our freedoms thank you for your service and please return home safely to your families very soon and Chris, could you please raise a glass to our sponsors? I certainly can. And you know what? We need to do another giveaway with them. Mm. Maybe next show. Mm. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out on our Facebook. We're going to give you the criteria on that so you can win a $20 gift card from the folks at Brewer Shirts. Okay. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. All right, and you can find the beers and the links to the articles that I mentioned in our Brew Buzz on the show post located on the show notes located on the show post at tapthecraft.com. Well, that's a mouthful. Just Especially a after drinking a few beers. Right. Today. And I, I got to get this in now. Alexa, how much time is left on my timer? <laughs> Seven minutes. Let's go ahead and do this. So okay, go ahead and that, do it. We'll, go ahead we'll and do, do it. this. I, I'm going to keep reading and then you can just give us your, your mm -hmm. announcement. Okay. Yep. All right. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can. <laughs> Found on on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw, and Chris can be found at Chris underscore McKenzie AU two on Twitter 
or untapped. I can't see. And uh, Instagram at untapped. Yeah. <laughs> untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can always. Fu- oh, it went up a, a thousandth of a percent. You're a beast, man. That alcohol can't fight you. Uh, you're a beast. Again, you're, I'm not you're driving right now. You're the Godzilla in Godzilla versus Kong. And, <laughs> and also you guys can always find me on all of our things social at tap the craft, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, all uh, YouTube, Twitter, and all those good things. All right. It is last call time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and of course, listening. And we ask you to please tell a friend and of course, subscribe on all your favorite podcast apps like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now Amazon Podcast, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we do release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. So, Chris, Mm -hmm. I have to go pee. (laughs) We'll be right back. Luckily, no one's on Facebook, right? We got like one person watching. There's there's two. And, well, it'd have to be one because I'm one of them. I'm one of them, too, right? Because I'm watching. I'm on it. Okay. We'll be right back. Give me me a minute, and I'll rinse my glass out so I can pour my my, uh, blonde down in there, too. So, I'll be right back. All right. So Denny just left me here all by myself. So I never heard about what anybody is drinking this evening. You guys drinking anything good? All right. Facebook watchers, who is still on with us? I'm going to pour this uh, Killer Bees, Melvin. Nice blonde, honey blonde ale. I hope you're having a great night. For all of our uh, audio listeners, you don't hear this. I will flawlessly blend in from Chris's new and overly beers to my own. Holy smokes, Chris, did you pass out? Am I on my own for the rest of the night? Chris! Chris! <laughs> I can't hear you. You're muted. Hang on. Uh, hang on. I'm here. <laughs> Jeff Seiler's here too. He Jeff, said, yeah, is, I'm Jeff here. is the only one. I was shy with <sighs> Jeff. Okay. Uh, although, yeah, yeah. So he he's the only one that knows that we took this intermission because what intermission. Well, I thought I was the old man, but obviously you were gone longer than me. I took advantage. <laughs> I, there were snacks involved. <laughs>